Have you ever heard any of the following statements? Let it go. Move on. It happened years ago. But they are your fill in the blank. You can't hate them. But they are old now. They didn't mean it. That is how they are. They were probably joking. You are so sensitive. You need to be strong like me and don't let them get to you. You know they had it so much worse than you. Let's talk about something else. This is depressing. Well, they have always been nice to me. Why don't you just leave? I can keep going, but by now, you get the gist. Shamefully, I have been an enabler in the past, and not only have I heard some of these statements, I have said some of these things too. Before I finally learned better, Today, I want to talk about how to support a survivor of abuse, what things might be helpful to say, and what things you should not say to a survivor. Hi, I am Raisa, a survivor of narcissistic abuse, and I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder, and you are listening to Hello Trauma Brain, a podcast where I share my experiences living with complex PTSD. My hope is this podcast can help destigmatize mental health and provide support for anyone diagnosed with CPTSD who thinks they might have it or has a loved one with this diagnosis. Quick reminder, I am not a licensed psychologist or mental health care professional. And this podcast is not meant to replace nor substitute the care of psychologists, other mental health or medical health care professionals. If you think you might have complex PTSD or PTSD, please reach out to your primary care or mental health provider. This episode may reference trauma or abuse and listener discretion is advised. Remember, You can always pause or skip this episode at any time. And now, let's get back to the episode. Hello, dear survivors, and welcome back to this new episode of Hello, Trauma Brain. Thank you for joining me today. For those of you in the United States, I hope you had a gentle holiday weekend. If you do not live in the United States or you do not celebrate Labor Day, I hope you had a gentle weekend as well. I'm actually recording this episode on Labor Day. And it's uh, (laughs) it's been a week. I'll I'll give you a quick check-in. This weekend, I thought would be relaxing and I almost had like all these replenishing activities planned for me. And it's been anything but. It's been very hard to to relax and to feel safe here. I had a few uh, issues with my apartment that came up. And one of them was fixed very promptly. And the new one is going to get addressed tomorrow as soon as you know business hours resume here with maintenance. Oh, but let me tell you. <laughs> so for me, a huge trigger is when my home doesn't feel safe. And... Um, it, it triggers a lot of hypervigilance and feelings of being incompetent, especially when it's something I don't know how to fix myself. So needless to say, it's been, uh, it's been stressful. 
And uh, what should have been a holiday weekend with lots of relaxation. Uh, a part of me, it's almost like I just rather go back to work and not have to deal with this. That's where I'm at. And to top things off, I had a bit of a rough start today. I, I began my day with <laughs> with the triggers and then I got sick my stomach had one of one of the many episodes I tend to have and I think it was a manifestation or or my body kind of like clocking in all the stress I have been under for the past few days and oof, it was it was a struggle it was a it was a huge trigger and the thing is when I get sick um, or my stomach is sick it almost feels so overwhelming and it like it shuts the whole thing down and you know in that moment I just thought well I guess I'm not recording the episode today now the whole day is ruined now I guess this is how my holiday day is gonna go I'm gonna be sick all all day long and the truth is within not even an hour I was feeling better and I was using my skills and getting myself grounded I I took it as a message from my body saying Raisa I know you want to get all these things done but you need to stop you need to stop for a moment so I did and I did uh I did two things I did a trauma-informed yoga practice and I did post on Instagram um about that practice I used it was um was a video by Hannah Uiri, who's an instructor who has videos on YouTube for free and also a subscription uh, membership you can check out if you would like. And I'll link that to the show notes and we'll take opportunity of this moment to tell you that anything I reference in this episode, individuals and resources, again, they do not sponsor Hello Trauma Brain in any way. The second thing I did was an EFT tapping session and I used a YouTube channel by Dion Crow. The channel is called eFlotion Support Services and I will also link that to the show notes. Dion offers free EF tapping videos on YouTube and he does have a subscription that you can also check out if you are interested. That was also very helpful and the session I did was called What Do I Want? Uh, a great question <laughs> to ask myself these days. And the third thing I did was a dialoguing session. And I will go in more depth about what dialoguing is uh, in another episode. For now, I will briefly say it's a journaling technique where you're using your uh, dominant hand to kind of be the voice of your inner adult and then your non-dominant hand to be your inner child. And I know that... Um, and the first time I heard about this technique was from Patrick Dehan, and I will also link his channel to the show notes. Uh, well, good way Patrick uh, describes it for those of you that, you know, the inner child doesn't resonate with you. Uh, a way Patrick offers an alternative way of looking at this is kind of like saying your non-dominant hand is your prefrontal cortex and then your non-dominant hand is kind of like the amygdala part of the brain or the emergency system. And that was very helpful in terms of getting me to think about the triggers that I have been experiencing this weekend and also the stomach issues and how that all kind of links up to the origins of my trauma, etc. Just uh, just things to kind of go back to my body and, and, and just listen to it and recognize that if, if it needs a second, okay, we're taking a second and we're just going to lay here and do these things, even though in my brain, you know, I should be doing, uh, you know, so many other things, but it is important to take a moment and stop. Now, 
going back to the episode uh, today, I would like to talk about supporting survivors of abuse. It is important to have a better understanding of what are the do's and don'ts of supporting survivors. Why does the way support is offered to a survivor matter? In the past, when I have received what might as well be well-intended support, but not really what I needed, it made things worse for me. It increased the shame and guilt I already felt. It left me feeling invalidated and like I was making a big deal of the situation. I often left more confused than feeling supported. I started seeing videos on how to support survivors when I began learning about narcissistic abuse. This was, um, it was last year towards the beginning of the year and I was trying to learn how to recognize when someone was supporting me as opposed to when they were just trying to change the topic and avoid dealing with my situation. And yes, (laughs) I could not tell the difference between those two things back then. I still don't grasp it even today. Or it might take me a few days after the interaction to really see what happened. Then I really focused on learning the techniques when I began facilitating support group meetings for survivors. Once I was awake and became aware of how damaging some of the quote-unquote common things people tell someone who is in an abusive relationship can be, I kind of made it my mission to stop being a part of the problem. I have been in situations where people will check in with me after they notice someone had said something inappropriate to me, but it stopped there. Their support would turn into justifying the abusive person's behavior. I would hear things like, are you okay? What so-and-so said wasn't cool, but that's just how they are. They didn't mean it. I appreciate what those people were trying to do, but they were not in the abuser's head to know what they meant. Quite frankly, when someone says something, that should be taken exactly for what it sounds. The intention is right there, in the words that come out of their mouth. In the past, I have been in denial about some abusive people in my life. And I remember when I would justify their behavior and say those famous phrases to others. They didn't mean it. That is just how they are. Trust me, they do it to me too. Let's unpack that. The abusive person probably meant exactly what they said. It is not okay for them to act in that way. And I made it about me when I said they do it to me too. The real problem is that when we're justifying that behavior, we're not holding that person accountable because treating anyone, even one person poorly, is enough to say, stop, that is not okay. Another problem that I think comes from the societal level is we're not taught to sit with painful emotions. When a child cries, the entire room begins looking for toys and starts waving and doing all sorts of maneuvers to get the child to stop crying as soon as possible. Even as adults, when we are upset, people don't tend to sit with that emotion and ask, what is going on? Instead, we will recommend comedy shows, funny movies, anything to get the person to stop feeling the emotion. P.S. If you don't deal with your emotions and just stuff them inside yourself, they will find a way out and often at the worst possible time. How can we better support trauma survivors? 
It won't come as a shock that I will reference psychologist Dr. Ramani Durvasula in this episode. Dr. Ramani recently posted a video in her YouTube channel where she combines other videos she has done on supporting survivors all in the one. I will link that video in the show notes. Here are some of the important key lessons from Dr. Ramani's wisdom treating survivors of narcissistic abuse and some of the things that I have picked up from supporting survivors in meetings and from seeing some people support me properly versus some other people supporting me in ways that were not helpful. One, please listen to the survivor without judgment. We need to be heard Especially if this is one of the first times a survivor is trusting you, try not to make it about yourself. Sometimes saying, I have been through something similar can be helpful, especially for someone who is feeling alone and like they are the only ones going through this. But if you share that you have experienced something similar, remember to bring it back to them. Don't go inside the rabbit hole of telling your entire story to the point the survivor gets lost. Also, I want to emphasize the no judgment part. Please don't say things like, have you tried talking to them about this? Or you did marry them and marriage is hard. Or I don't think what you're saying is nice. You should not say things like that about other people. It takes a lot of courage to speak up, especially at the beginning. Please do not shut it down. Two, after the survivor has told you what they are experiencing, Please validate their reality. Often the statements people use have a gaslighting tone to it. Please do not say any of these. Is it really that bad? Are you sure that is what they said? I have never seen them behave like that. Remember that two things can be true. The abuser can be very nice to you and they are abusing someone else. If you are finding it hard to believe what you are hearing, I'm not saying gaslight yourself, you can recognize what your experience has been, but not in a way that invalidates someone else. Sometimes being honest can go a long way, as opposed to gaslighting the other person. P.S. Someone can gaslight another person without realizing it, and I'm guilty as charged, and I'm trying to do better with that too. Now to me, there is a difference between, are you sure about this, they have always been nice to me, and, wow. I'm having a hard time understanding what I'm hearing because they have been nice to me and I want you to know that I believe you and I am so sorry this is happening to you. Are you okay? Three, if the survivor is not aware that they are in an abusive situation and they are just sharing something that happened like they are talking about getting vanilla ice cream at the store and what they are sharing is blatant abuse to you, one thing to do is point out the behavior instead of calling the person an abuser or narcissist or whatever other label applies. Example, someone tells me their spouse yelled at them all night long because they did not straighten their hair for an event and instead wore the hair curly. Instead of saying, what? This person is psychologically abusing you and they are probably a narcissist. Try this. My goodness, I'm so sorry that happened. You have a right to wear your hair in whichever way you like. I think your curly hair is beautiful. Are you okay? No to self. You might not wake the other person up right away. They might defend their abusive person and say something like, Well, 
my hair does look better straight and they do have a point and there is nothing to feel sorry about. They do that all the time. I'm used to it. I like to call these moments inception attempts. You plant a seed and sometimes it takes a day, other times years to germinate. Sadly, sometimes the seed doesn't take. You did your part, which is validate and model an appropriate reaction to abusive behavior. This person might be surrounded by other people who when they hear that story go, oh, sweetie, you should have straightened your hair. He does have a point. Your curly hair doesn't look good. As long as you are not that person, you've done your part. Before I keep going, I do want to take a moment to honor that supporting a survivor can feel helpless and it can be heartbreaking, especially if the survivor is not ready to see it yet. We cannot wake others up. We are only responsible for ourselves and if they don't ever see it, that doesn't mean you failed or you did something wrong. I have a lot of compassion for people who can't see it because I was one of them for a very long time. I remember once when someone approached me concerned about a person I was involved with. I was not ready to see it then. And I defended the abuser left and right and even told them about that conversation, which, as you can guess, did not go well for me. The abuser turned it around and made it about how I was ruining their reputation and look at what others think of me because of you. It basically became my fault and about how I did not defend them enough. There is a phenomenon called betrayal blindness, which we will explore in more depth in future episodes. For now, it is what happens when your brain does not allow you to see abuse because you rely on that person for survival. It is real and also an unconscious process. The survivor does not know this is happening. Now, going back to the support, number four, if the survivor had an abusive intimate partner and they are awake and left, please do not push dating on the survivor. Back home in Puerto Rico, we have a saying, un clavo saca otro clavo, which is Spanish for a proverb that says, one nail drives out another nail. This whole get back out there and someone else will help you forget about them is not good advice. Let's just say we're dealing with a survivor of narcissistic abuse they most likely lost their sense of identity in that relationship and they need time to recover and find themselves again. Also, getting into a relationship quickly can increase the likelihood of missing red flags and dating yet another abusive person. Dr. Ramani recommends a 12-month detox period to see what an entire year looks like without having the abuser or anyone calling the shots or ruining birthdays, holidays, vacations, regular Sundays, you name it. Number five, if the survivor's abuser is a relative, please do not push interventions or force interactions between them. Also, do not shame them if they are distancing themselves from the relative. Trust me when I tell you the survivor already feels overwhelming shame. Do not add to it. Number six, if the survivor's abuser is getting old, please do not use that as a way to shame them into either forgiving or letting go or not setting boundaries. Nobody is entitled to abuse anyone, regardless of who they are, how old they are, and what accomplishments they have achieved in their life. Number seven, 
Do not give unsolicited advice. Instead, ask them how can you help and honor what they tell you. I had to learn this one the hard way, and it is still a struggle given my codependency. When I came across learning about narcissistic abuse, I wanted to tell everyone who would listen and send links for the videos, books, and workshops. Now, what I will do is let the person know once that I have access to resources and I am happy to share them if they would find that useful. And then I stop there. If they want the resources, they know how to find me. And I can tell you, I have had people who have reached out and asked and they can vouch that they got a response from me with tons of different resources and they have taken action to heal. There are also other people who checked out the resources and did not take action. There are people who did not ask for the resources and that is okay too. Everyone has autonomy over their life. I stopped pushing my healing on others the moment I heard in a video, and I want to say it was a video by Anna Ronkel from the Crappy Childhood Fairies YouTube channel, and I will link her channel in the show notes too. It was something along the lines of, it is arrogant to think the way you heal is how others will heal too. <laughs> Woo! It was arrogant of me, even if that was not my intention. So now I take a step back. Now, what am I doing to heal? The more I learned about how to support others, the more shame I began to feel from realizing how many times I missed the mark. I am working on having self-compassion for not knowing any better back then. Also, give myself credit that the moment I was presented with new information, I integrated that and grew. I sometimes take for granted my ability to improve when someone points out a better way. Some people push on this. You can present them with better information and a better way, and they get stuck in, I am right and you are wrong. And there is no growth there. As much as I would like to go back in time and change the things I said to other people, I can't. What I can do is learn so I can do better next time. And let's face it, in two years, probably I will find out something I said today is not appropriate. And at that point, I'll release an episode and I'll correct myself and integrate that new information. We deserve to be supported in a way that works for us. In this week's healing invitation, I want to offer you a few things to reflect about. Can you think of a time when you might have said something to someone that now you realize was not supportive? Are you still in contact with that person? It is never too late to reach out and try to support them in a new way. You can also apologize for not supporting them in a way that served them before. Can you think of a time someone you trusted did not support you in a way that served you? Note that information too. If this person is safe to have a conversation with, you can let them know some better way to support you in the future. If they are not safe, and perhaps it is time to look for other ways to get support. I invite you to check out the resources I mentioned in this episode to learn more about how to support survivors. It is important that we help spread this information. Please let me know how this week's healing invitation goes if you choose to accept it. 
Before we wrap up this episode, all music and production is courtesy of yours truly. Also, I want to share a few ways you can support this podcast. You can subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the platform you are using to listen. Share this episode with anyone you think can benefit from this content. Follow Hello Trauma Brain on Instagram. Subscribe to the Hello Trauma Brain YouTube channel and hit the notification bell to be the first to know when I post a new episode. And you can make a donation by getting me a coffee through the official bio site. No worries, all links will be provided in the show notes. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found this episode helpful. I wish you the best as you learn more about what healthy support looks like and how to become a better supporter. It is time for our farewell affirmations. You are welcome to repeat after me. I am enough. I am lovable. And I deserve to heal. I wish you a gentle week and thank you for listening.